Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is really a hot topic, managing volume and margin in a volatile times. I have the perfect expert to talk about this. That's Mike Squire. He is Chief Lending Officer at Connecta. Prior to that, he was with Bank America, PNC, and Lehman Brothers. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me. Well, Mike, this is really a hot topic, but before we get to that part, especially with the volatile times that we're in, let's talk about in the beginning, how did you get into our financial service world? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I actually started in hospitality, so that's where my management and leadership started many years ago, and then finally made a transition in the late 90s into mortgage origination and just continued to get in, stayed in leadership and moved up the ranks from there, so one step after another. Well, we never know where we're coming from when we move into the financial services. So that's a great story that you're sharing. So talk about, as you know, chief lending officer, some of your challenges in your current position. You know, I think as chief lending officer, and, and that can vary from company to company, but for, for Connecta, it's you know, business services, commercial lending, right? It's also residential lending, consumer lending, and also loan servicing and collections. So I think the, the primary challenge there is, is you know, keeping all those plates spinning and everybody, you know, being collaborative and moving forward across the channels, you know, to ensure that we're doing right by our members and bringing on new members and staying up to date with the with the best products available. Well, that certainly is a tall task, that's for sure. So yeah. no question, it's a challenge. So when you look at the trends, and especially, you know, this year has been highly volatile for a lot of reasons, but talk about some trends that in the big picture that you see in financial services that's going to continue this year. Yeah, you know, I think obviously for, for all of us, it's the rising interest rate market, right? You know, we, we've been you know, in this very low interest environment, you know, through the pandemic, and which has caused all sorts of challenges from an income perspective. But now we're on the flip side where rates are going up. And we, with inflation, what's happening in the world, you know, there's a lot of concerns about people's ability to repay, right? So I think that is, is probably the biggest challenge that we face is ensuring that we're doing, you know, all the due diligence to make sure we're giving the right products to the right people and not putting anyone in a position where they may have trouble down the road based on what's happening today. And then of course, you know, on the on the residential lending side, so many people have refinanced over the last couple of years. Now we're looking at home equity products and home equity line of credit. So that's that's something that, you know, is is good. We still have options, but that first mortgage volume, you know, is certainly going to be impacted. Well, that's a really good point. And what's your thoughts on the digital side? Because I just see that as a trend that's just going to ramp up. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. You know, digital first, right? You you need to be, you need to have every channel in a financial institution for people to come into, right? Whether it's in a branch, whether it's online banking, mobile banking, digital applications, that's first and foremost, right? We want to be available to, you know, anybody, anytime at the choice that they want to come in. So digital applications, digital, you know, communication back and forth on the process is critical for for any institution moving forward, especially to compete with the fintechs out there that are capturing so much business um, at this time. Yeah, that's another great point for sure. Well, that leads to the question that is always the big question regarding how do you stay current with all the changes? I mean, it's just one thing after another. 
Yeah, that, that's almost a full-time job, right? You know, <laughs> just keeping up. But, you know, I think on the mortgage side, obviously, you know, MBA updates are key. You know, we have the CUNA Lending Councils, which are a great source of information for me and, and feedback loops. You know, I also have, you know, CLO partnerships, you know, that we communicate on a regular basis. But I'd say first and foremost is, you know, internally. We, we've got a, a great strategic office that keeps up with all the different you know, trends that are going on and where are we going. You know, our IT uh, department's constantly bringing on what, what is the digital direction we need to go. Plus, our secondary department is fantastic on, on the mortgage and commercial side from pricing and, and margin pressure and what's happening with you know, Fannie, Freddie, and, and our own portfolio. So there's so many different areas, but I think at, at Connecta, I'd probably say I'm most fortunate. I can get so much information from internally from our colleagues who are working with all these different institutions externally. Well, that's a good point about internally having access to those types of resources because it's a never-ending world of change for sure. Well, that's a great point to move into our topic today, especially I thought this was an excellent topic to share with our listeners about managing volume and margin in volatile markets. Why don't you, Mike, share some of your thoughts on that? Absolutely. You know, it's an interesting concept, right? You, you think about you know, managing volume and margin. It's important in any market, right? <laughs> whether, sure. whether it's a volatile market or, or it's a strong one or even a, mm-hmm. a recessionary type. But it, it's, it's critical that we're on top of it on a regular basis. And, you know, at, at Connecta, you know, we meet weekly on pricing uh, relative to, you know, where are we at? We look at external surveys. We have market data from our sales force on the street. You know, we look at our, our margins, our price, where we are in the stack ranks. And then we look at, at the volume coming in, right? Because I think the most important piece when you're looking at margin and volume is it's, it's such a balance, right? It's so fine-tuned where, you know, you can say, okay, well, we're, we're going to drop the rate or do a pilot or a special to, to bring in volume. But it really, if, if you don't surpass X number of dollars in, in unit volume, you're, it's not worthwhile, right? You end up eroding that profitability or any earnings because you don't get enough volume with that lower rate or vice versa. You end up creating capacity issues, right, on the, on the fulfillment side, and then you can't th- get through them in a timely manner, and then your locks end up eroding it. So you 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 really have to stay on top of it. And I think that's why it's so important that not only you have a secondary marketing or finance group, right, with our, with our CFO and our controller, our treasurer, our secondary marketing team, as well as sales and fulfillment, having these conversations, because it can change week over week. It can almost change day over day, as we know. But if we're actually collaborating, we can continue to move the needle and do what's right for the organization, as well as for our members if we stay on top of it. And that course correction is so important, especially to your point when it's a volatile market. So Mike, talk about, again, I don't know any sales team. It doesn't matter if it's mortgage or on the business side. (laughs) They always want the lowest price. And so talk about your strategy of how do you look at this? Do you want to be in the middle? Do you want to be, in other words, where is that thinking and how does that process work for you? Absolutely. You're right. Well, you know, any salesperson wants the lowest price and, <laughs> and the most flexible guidelines. <laughs> right. We, we, all know, we all know that. Right. Um, however, you know, what we've found here, at least, is, and, and historically, 
you know, you don't have to be the low price leader. You don't have to be the, the, the bottom of the market to get volume. It's a, it's a very open dialogue and having the right salespeople as well. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're within, if you're within reach, right. Let, let's call it, you know, an eighth or quarter percent rate or 50 basis points in, in price. Most professional salespeople can overcome that with, you know, the benefits, right. Of, of who we are, our execution fulfillment versus a, a competitor, for example. So I don't feel you need to be the low price leader. And I, I think our, even our sales team understands that today, but they also know that if we're in the good spot, you know, from originations and budget and margin, we'll, we'll move those, right? And, and we can adjust, you know, certain products a little bit more and, and capture it in other places. But that's why I think that two-way communication between finance, secondary, and fulfillment and sales is so important. I think it versus it, you know, where I've been at other places where, hey, this, this is your price, you know, take it or leave it. You end up having turnover, right? You end up having retention problems, and then and then you're starting over to get that volume back by rehiring, you know, quality salespeople. Well, yeah, that's one of my favorite topics, that's for sure. And so, but <laughs> Mike, let's talk about specials. You talked about specials. That when do you do them? What's the thought process behind them? Have you really seen them work? Talk about that. Absolutely. You usually it's around purchase, right? It, it's usually trying to drive purchase volume. You know, depending on your markets, you know, California, you know, with the climate, you don't have as much seasonality as you do in, for example, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, However, you still have seasonality. But so spring market hits, you know, you can go out and say, okay, on on this purchase group or this product in in the jumbo market, you know, California, you have high values, right? High prices. So you have the high balance loans or jumbo. And we'll go out and and put put out a, a 50 basis point special, for example. And, and see how that can drive additional volume. And then we, and then we monitor it. But we, we typically do those for anywhere from 30 to 60 days at a time and then, and then reflect on, on the production. Do we meet our goals? Do we hit our expectations? And what do we need to do to tweak it moving forward? Yeah, that's a good point. So you really run them over a short span of times and you are actually monitoring the volume. Have you ever seen it where when you've run them and it doesn't really match your volume goals? Oh, absolutely. It, it certainly happens. You know, you, you have, you know, especially prior to this, the, the really low fixed rate, you know, you'd have arm specials and you'd have fixed specials mm-hmm. and, you know, they, you know, you're here, you're getting the feedback from sales, but then it doesn't come back, you know, to fruition. And, and we just pull it back and, and try something different. You know, I, I think just being very agile and making those adjustments, you can, you can course correct if you're on top of it. And, and that's why our weekly meetings are so important to discuss it. So Mike, talk about this whole issue of price concessions. <laughs> so I wanted to raise <laughs> that because I'm hearing a lot of folks having to do a lot of that. And I just wonder what your thoughts are on price concessions. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a topic near and dear to my heart, quite frankly. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we put into place uh, several years ago now where it used to be very, it was wide open door. It is right. like, it seemed like, you know, anything that came in, you know, we would give it. And, you know, we just didn't, it just wasn't working, right? And you could see it on the reports. And so we really, we really tightened it up and said, look, we're going to really focus on our pricing strategy to be competitive, right? Stay in that top quarter percentile, you know, be within striking distance. And then you really shouldn't meet them unless it's a true one-off, right? And, and there's also a balance there. Right. Because sometimes you have people out there 
who are giving, you know, just such low rates. It's like, you can't compete with everybody. We're not going to win every loan, but mm -hmm. you know, if it's, if, if it makes sense and you know, we have competitive data, right. They supply a loan estimate from someone else. We'll, we'll typically do whatever we can to stay with, within our threshold, but we have seen I, price concessions continue to be lower here at Connecta for the last several years than ever before. So I, I think we just manage it well. And, and our sales management team, because it all goes through there, they're really good about knowing what's out there and what we should be able to get and what we shouldn't. And so their first line review has been critical to the success for this. So when you look at, uh, and when you say you manage it better, do you monitor the, let's say the salespeople that are asking for it? Is there some type of training component that comes, you know, something like countrywide, they used to do it where if there was a concession and they made the, the person go to a, a training class. So I'm just oh curious. My. Yeah. No, you know, that's, yeah, no, it's, it's not that extreme. I think, I think it really started with, you know, setting the expectations, right. Sure. And, and ensuring that we're, and, and that we're competitive because if, if you're not competitive, Right. And you're just out there in your in your own world thinking you're going to get the volume and your salespeople are coming. They can't get a loan in. Right. And they're coming to concessions. You're denying them. The salespeople are going to leave. And uh, that type of attrition, especially when you have someone who is 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 solid professional experience, you, you just can't afford to have it. So what we've done is really we examine them, we review them. And if we're not going to do it, we explain why. Mm -hmm. And I think that I mean, obviously, the first six to 12 months of that transition was painful because people right. were used to getting anything. And, but now, you know, several years later, we're in a really good spot. And I, I think there's a clear understanding, you know, between everybody of, of what we can do and what we can't, right? Cause we'll look at any, any loan, we'll make guideline exceptions. We'll, we make sense loans, right? Nice, logical people have ability to repay may not fit the box, but we'll, we'll do the loan. So I think it's counterbalanced with that type of, you know, consistent, let's take a look at it, let's discuss it, underwriting and pricing logic. Well, that's really the right way to do it for sure. But talk about, as the market changes, you've mentioned home equity lending and so forth. So how do you handle the process of shifting to emphasizing different types of products that in the market might have a reception when the, the refinances go away or now it's time for home equity loans? How fast are you able to shift and talk about how that process works? We've become very nimble at, at Connecta and the fulfillment team you know, we've seen an increase in HELOCs, right, over the over the course of the last even six to 12, 12 months. And, you know, so we were able to parse out a separate team just to handle those to keep the turn times down, right? Because mm -hmm. when they get mixed in with those first mortgages, days to close, you know, just gets longer and longer. And those get pushed, you know, secondary. And the HELOC shouldn't take that long, right? So we're able sure. to parse that out. You know, we also, you know, consistently, I, I would say, you know, every six months, we're reviewing those guidelines, right, for home equity loans, because we haven't, we haven't seen a huge need for it in the last mm -hmm. few years. So we got to make sure that we're up to date, we're asking for the right things. We're not over conditioning for these, we want to make it, you know, as simple as possible. But then also, I think what's important is ensuring you have the loan officers, you know, thinking, you know, okay, let me take a look at the overall picture. Because, you know, look, I mean, we been doing mortgages, you know, since the late nineties, you know, when the rates were super high <laughs> and it's sure. like when, when, you know, relatively speaking, right. And, you know, seven, eight or 9%, you know, short, you know, short arms, but you know, when is it okay to go from a, a 3% rate, you know, to a four and a half percent rate? 
well, if you're consolidating you know, a lot of debt or it's a cash flow issue, we need to look at that because sometimes even though they're like, no, I got to hold on to that 3% and I'll take a higher rate second mortgage. If that blended rate is higher, then it's really best for the, the consumer to have a new first mortgage, even right. at a higher rate. You know, so it's getting back to those fundamentals and ensuring we're educating our loan officers as well as, you know, keeping fulfillment, you know, moving and executing in a timely manner. I think those are going to be the keys to our continued growth and success, regardless of the interest rate market. Many times what I see with credit unions, and I'm interested in your thoughts on it, where is home equity run out of the mortgage side? It sounded like it was. Is that correct? It is. It is a connecta, but you, you could you could survey 10 credit unions and you'd right. have five in residential and five in consumer. So that, that's just how it's worked for us personally. Right. I, I believe it belongs in residential only because, you know, they have the expertise and, you know, you still have to go through title. You still have to, you know, go right. through all those pieces. Right. So that it makes more sense for me, but there's two schools of thought there. Yeah, I definitely see that. We do a lot of training in the home equity side. And what we see is just what you talk about is that, it's still a mortgage, and I sometimes people don't get that. It's still a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> so you really right. need to. So I think you're doing the right thing for sure. Well, we only have a few minutes left, Mike. So could you share some of your thoughts about some takeaways for our listeners today? Uh, certainly. You know, I, I, you know, I think you know the fortunate piece about credit unions overall is that we share information. Right. And unlike, you know, the, the, the banking environment where I've been in before, it's like, no, you everything too close to the vest, you know, but there, there's, you know, the, the markets are, are large. There, there's plenty of volume out there, even as we go into this rising interest rate market. Uh-huh. But I think the most important thing any organization can do is ensure that they're communicating constantly between, you know, their secondary. And if they don't have secondary, if it's fine, whoever's controlling pricing, those margins, profitability. And what the sales force is experiencing, if you really take your time to, to focus on that and keep it in front of you, I think you can course correct relatively quickly and stay relevant in the market because really that's what it comes down to. You, you, you price yourself out of the market for a bit, people stop thinking about you at all. So you, you got to stay there, especially you know, with inventory being tight, homes getting, you know, the, the values you know, continue to climb, you really got to stay on top of it. Otherwise, you could lose relationships on the, on the purchase side. Well, they're great words to live by, that's for sure. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. I certainly appreciate your spending time with us. And Mike, I want to thank you for sharing all your wonderful thoughts on this important topic. Uh, my, my pleasure, Pat. Thanks so much for reaching out. And uh, I look forward to listening to more of your podcast moving forward. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at pshirlock at qfsconsulting.com.